0: Well, this is a bit of a can of worms, isn't
1: it? (laughs) DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain
2: How do you get the mainstream media to feature your blog? How do you build a revenue stream from a blog? And can non-technical people succeed in blogging? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Annabelle Candy. Annabelle, welcome to DMR. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Well, thanks for joining me. Well, Annabelle is a digital strategist, a web designer and a copywriter who's been running her own digital marketing agency for 16 years at Mucho. Annabelle, so um, is blogging just as effective as it was um, a couple of years ago or so?
0: I think so, David. When I talk to people about blogging, I think the main benefits of it haven't really changed um, in that you know the last well five it's been five years since I started blogging. So they haven't really changed too much over that time. It's still a fantastic way to build a reputation for yourself in a specific topic and get attention from media and from possible clients. It still has a lot of search engine um, optimization benefits, although obviously, That's a more and more competitive field. But there are still benefits to that in particular because Google likes new content. So if you're blogging and you're adding a new blog post, even if it's just once a week or once a fortnight, it should help your Google search engine ranking. So um, for all those reasons, I think it's still pretty effective.
2: Okay, so you say once a week or once a fortnight there. Is that enough of a publishing frequency to aim for when you're just getting started? Or when you just get started, do you think you should actually be publishing more often than that?
0: Well, the typical clients that I work with um, and, you know, hopefully some of the people that are listening to this podcast as well are small business owners like me. So they're pretty much doing everything in their business and they don't have a lot of time left over. And I know, you know, everyone's pressed for time. So obviously it would be fantastic if we could all update our blogs every day or three times a week. But i found that's just not realistic for most people that I work with. And that's why I still encourage people, if they like the sound of it, to have a blog and say to them, look, even if you can only do it once a week, once a fortnight or once a month, it's still going to help you grow your business. Definitely and build that reputation and get a bit more traffic coming to your website and convert people, I think. Um, Part of the other thing that's really powerful about blogging is it shows uh, some kind of personality to you. So you stop being just another web designer or just another lawyer and you become a real person that people actually want to work with. And that's very powerful.
2: Okay, that sounds interesting. And and what about um, the actual CMS, the actual um, coding structure of the site you're on? I take it it's WordPress that you use most of the time.
0: I always use WordPress. Yeah, I'm very lucky because I'm not a technical person. My husband does all the technical stuff (laughs) in our business. Yeah, I'm blessed. Um, But we recommend WordPress to everyone. And, you know, for many years we were hand-coding all our websites and so on. But we're Mm. so lucky now that we've got WordPress. And, you know, almost anyone can set up a very basic WordPress website. It's fantastic for our clients because even if we've set up a bit of a more detailed or complicated site for them, they can still go in and update all the content themselves and add blog posts and so on. So it's really given us huge freedom online. Amazing opportunity
2: it's incredible it's so much easier than it used to be i mean i was actually um designing my own websites using dreamweaver about 10 years ago and um you know it was a challenge and a real challenge then to actually just build individual pages using html and maybe throw in a little bit of php there as well but um um it's so much easier now and of course the websites that are produced automatically from these cms's are just um Beautiful and just responsive, and just um, nice to, 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 to publish and nice to read.
0: Yeah, it's just so rewarding to be able to get your content out there that quickly. You know, when you look at print publishing and how long it takes to make a book or get something published, it takes forever. But with a blog, you can just have an idea and get it out there straight away. And that's incredible because you can get instant feedback on your business and on your ideas and what kind of stories resonate with people and what doesn't resonate or get any attention and that's an amazing bonus I think.
2: Now you mentioned print publications there I believe um, you've actually had some success in the past with um, getting your blog mentioned in print publications can you talk a little bit about how you accomplished that?
1: Well
0: I've written I, I'm a freelance writer as well so I've written for print publications I've written travel stories for various print um, publications in Australia and a couple of them um overseas as well, so that 's the way that i 've managed to get my
2: blog written about in print mm. uh, so you knew someone in the print <laughs> very well
0: uh, not re- no i didn't actually. I just started um not cold calling but cold emailing and sending people stories saying, yeah. Hey you know i 've read your magazine, I really like it i 've got a story I think you and your readers will love. Are you interested?"
2: And, it's just, just about building those relationships then.
0: Yeah, it's about getting that first bite of interest for people. So, you know, if you can get a really good email together, I think the email is best to be kept very short. But if you've got a really good sh- subject line, like, um, you know, I've got something your readers will love, no editor can resist finding out what it is. Um, if they don't love it, they're not going to, you know, ask to see your article and they're definitely not going to publish it. But if they do love your idea as well, that's a great way to get your foot in the door.
2: Okay, and are these articles that um, you may have published already on your blog? Or um, if you're talking about a print publication, do you have to write an original article um, within that publication?
0: Both of those. Um, Originally, I thought all my articles for print needed to be original, so I would uh, customise stories for print publications, but then what happened was an editor um, got in touch and said, hey, I love one of your blog posts. Uh, it was a travel story. Would I be able to publish it in my print publication? And I said, sure. And then, of course, I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I should need to go through that and edit <laughs> it. It seems very different when it's going to be in print. Um, you know, you can't change it. But she said, no, no, it's all fine. You don't need to do anything to it. So that was good.
2: And is there any difference in general between writing style when you're, working for, uh, when you're writing for a blog or writing for print?
0: Well, do you know, there is, because my blog is very personal and I try to use kind of everyday language and so on. Um, it's quite down to earth, my blog. But, for example, I just wrote a travel article for Australian Traveller, which is a very high-end travel magazine. Mm. So, obviously, I was writing a story that similar to one on my blog, but I really skewed it for a much higher-end readership. And, you know, the kind of writing that they'd expect over at that kind of publication that's going to go off to, to mass market, to a high-end market um but yes sometimes I'll know that a story I've written is just right for a certain publication and then I'll get in touch with them and say hey you know I've written a story I think you'll really like it um here it is what do you think
2: and is it possible to drive people back from a print publication to your blog um would a, a print publication actually allow you to mention your blog at the end of your article
0: Yes, most of them say um, by Annabelle Candy from Travel Blog. Get in the hotspot at the end of my articles. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's that. That sounds great. And what about in terms of length of article as well for print? Um, is there an average length that um, tends to be more appealing to editors?
0: Well, for travel stories, it's normally that it can be about seven thousand. Sorry, seven hundred words. <laughs> Sometimes a thousand words or one thousand five hundred words, mm-hmm. and again, it's really important to ask the editor right. um, exactly how many words they want and how many photos they need, and so on, so you can deliver them. You know what they want and make their job very easy.
2: Okay. Um, now, so getting back to blogging. Um, If someone um, is maybe, you know, a solopreneur or or just getting started in terms of their own business and they're looking to build multiple streams of income, um, is it really realistic um, for most businesses to have an opportunity to actually build a revenue stream from a blog? Uh, And if so, um, what are, you know, one or two best sources of revenue that that could actually be um, accomplished from uh, writing a blog?
0: Okay, so when I work with clients and talk to people about blogging, I like to focus on using blogging to sell or grow your existing services or products because I think that's the most realistic um, aim for most business owners. You know, I think the whole make money online thing or make money through blogging can be done, but I much prefer working with people who've already got a certain specific trade or skill that they want to... um, Sell to people, basically. Mm. So, you know, from my point of view, and I, I guess I realised this through experience because what happened was I moved to Australia uh, about five years ago. And I set up a travel blog, Get in the Hotspot, and I started writing crazy stories, literally, about um, having bad trips and running out of my hotel room naked and so on. <laughs> and what I discovered was where previously in, I lived in New Zealand and ran a web design business there for 10 years, I could literally never get a job unless I met people face to face. Mm. And I suddenly discovered from this travel blog, although I wasn't pushing web design, I wasn't writing about web design or copywriting, it was just kind of a bit of a byline in my um, profile, I suppose, on the about page, people from all around Australia and then all around the world started getting in touch with me and saying, hey, I love your blog, will you design my website? (laughs) And that just blew my mind because Mm. I realized that People don't care about your qualifications or experience. Um, I actually have an MA in Design for Interactive Media, and I've been doing this, you know, I've been in this field 18 years, so it's kind of depressing to discover no one cares about all of that stuff, they just someone they like. And if they can start liking you because they read your stories, that's really powerful.
2: Yes. Um, no, it's, it's it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's certainly um, what you do um, or what you've just done over the last few years to a certain degree that matters. And um, um, education um, gives you an ability to present yourself and it can give you an opportunity to build a great peer network. Uh, but that actual qualification um, is, I suppose, just a piece of paper at the end of the day.
0: It is really, isn't it? You've got to
2: prove yourself.
0: Um, And you've got to be a people person, you know, you've got to be able to get on with people because any amount of qualifications aren't going to help you if you can't convince someone that, you know, you're trustworthy.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's, it's that relationship network that, that makes the difference over the long term. And, um, but in terms of um, your network, you also mentioned that um, you're not the person that publishes the blog in terms of um, getting up there technically. Um, So Mm -hmm. what about someone that doesn't have um, a friend or um, colleague or partner that knows how uh, technically a blog works? Um, Can non-technical people um, really succeed in blogging themselves without knowing coding at all?
0: You know, I think if you're a business owner, um, let's say you're a lawyer or a landscape gardener, maybe an architect, a builder, whatever industry you're in, if you believe in your business and you're re- you've really set your heart on starting your business and making it succeed, I think you need to invest money in web design. Um, even if you've got the technical skills, you're going to need to spend money on maybe logos or stock photos or some graphic design, for example. Mm. and I think it's well worth that investment of spending you know you don't need to spend too much to begin with but even for 1000 maybe $3,000 you can get a really decent website set up with a blog on it that makes you look professional and creates that first impression um, that is really important to gain people's trust because if your website looks amateur no one's going to read it they're going to kind of carry on searching for a you know website that looks trustworthy
2: okay um so what you're saying essentially is that um it's getting a lot easier than it used to be but um there is perhaps a little bit of learning curve but that learning curve is essential for any business owner to go through um if they're serious about um promoting their business online
0: well yeah i mean you can skip the whole learning curve i think (laughs) i think other thing you know if I mean for example for me I'm a a web designer and copywriter I'm really good in those areas but if I need someone to do well for example if I need someone to do the technical stuff or I need someone to um, fix my car I'm not gonna spend you know two weeks trying to work out how to do it. It's, far, it's a far better use of my time to pay someone to do it for me. Yeah. And they'll concentrate on doing what I do best. And I think that's definitely the case. You know, if you've got a business where your average client is worth um, 1000 maybe even if you're a dentist, for example, a client might be worth $8,000 to you.
1: Hmm. Really
0: spending one or $3,000 on a website is a bit of a no-brainer because you're yeah. going to get that investment back very quickly. And I think if you paid someone to set up your website, what that leaves you to do is the fun stuff, which for me is updating your blog, um, hanging out on social media, making those networks and connections.
2: Okay, so you mentioned social media there, actually, and the, the next question was going to be, um, you've started the blog and um, you started to produce content but you want to get more people visiting the blog um is um registering your profile on social networks and interacting with people on there and then letting people um then syndicating your blog blog content via social media do you think that's probably the primary um focus um in terms of promoting and marketing your blog to begin with
0: I think the first thing you should do is market, market, it market—it sounds terrible saying market your blog to your friends and family. Mm. Um, (laughs) But basically that's where I started and that's where I recommend my clients start is let your friends, family, maybe if you've got a business, you've already got some email addresses of clients, start with those people and let them know that you've started a blog and maybe send them the first couple of blog posts um, what you'll quickly discover is that even your dearest friends and family aren't interested in your blog, the vast majority of them.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: hopefully from that group you might pick up you know two or three, maybe five loyal readers, and that's all you really need to get started. Right. Then, when you do your social media marketing, if you get on Facebook or Twitter, at least you've got you know one or two, maybe five fans already who are gonna like your posts and help you spread the word about them. Mm. Um, because Social media is obviously much more powerful when other people are involved in it. So it's very difficult if it's just you and you've got a, a new Facebook page, for example, with no fans on it. You really need to have something to get started. So friends and family and existing clients are a really good place to start.
2: And it doesn't happen overnight, of course, as well. Um, it's, it's, it's worthwhile uh, focusing on it for months and months without expecting to have um, a significant volume of, of interaction and sharing going on, um, certainly to begin with. Um, how, how many months or even longer than that do you think businesses need to actually focus on consistently publishing publishing content before they can actually expect to actually um, get naturally quite a few people sharing it and liking it and commenting on articles.
0: Well, this is the bit where most people go off the idea of blogging, David, because <laughs> I, always, I always tell them six to 12 months, realistically. Right. Um, and w- when I set up my blog, Get in the Hotspot, I set myself a goal of getting a 1,000 subscribers in the first year Which I achieved, but it almost killed me. And I know that's a a tiny amount of subscribers compared to some blogs, but you know, for the typical small business owner, if you've got a very niche industry, whether you're a lawyer, a a dentist, whatever, um, you're not going to have tens of thousands of subscribers ever. Uh, But the good news is, you don't need tens of thousands of subscribers. Um, if you're a small business owner, often there's only a certain amount of clients you can actually service, and having a really small but um, dedicated fan base is much more powerful.
2: Absolutely, I mean, dedicated. You know, and um, a fan base who um, are interested in the niche that you talk about as well. There's there's no point in having ten thousand people that just have a passing interest in what you do because they they, they probably won't end up becoming customers.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
2: Lovely. Okay, well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general is today. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success?
0: Well, I'm glad we mentioned WordPress already because that's... (laughs) common problem that I see in my business, people have started their blogs or websites with other things, um, maybe Blogspot, Joomla, whatever it is, Mm. and eventually those things tend to um, get very restricted in what they can achieve with their websites or their blogs, Mm. so they need to switch over to WordPress. So for anyone who hasn't already got a website or blog, just get started with WordPress. And if you've already got started with something else, I'd recommend that you switch over as soon as possible um, because you tend to often lose subscribers and readership when you switch to a different platform. So, you know, go with WordPress as soon as you can. Yeah. So that's probably the most basic one. The other two things that I'm going to mention are pretty basic as well. But I love Evernote, um, which is just a way of keeping – notes online, basically, so that I can access them from any device, from my PC, from my iPad, from my phone, and wherever I am in the world. Um, it all syncs automatically between all the devices. It'll save a note if I'm offline. So Evernote's gold for me. And the other thing I love is Hootsuite. Oh. I don't know if you use that for your social media management,
2: I've used it a little bit, Um, at the moment I'm tending just to use um, Buffer App and then just going into uh, individual applications Uh, but I've intended to use um, Hootsuite a little bit more, just just dabbled with it a little bit in the past.
0: Yeah, well I have quite a few different social media accounts and what I like about it is it can manage all those accounts, I can automate posts so they'll publish um, when I'm asleep or when I'm overseas for example. And it it just gives me one control panel where I can check into all my different social media platforms at one time. So it makes things very easy for me.
2: And a slightly more challenging question. What software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try possibly at some point in the future?
0: Well, this is a bit of a can of worms, isn't it? Because (laughs) the old email management tools, we started off using MailChimp Mm. because um, at the time, and I think this is still the case, it was free for up to 500 subscribers, which is obviously going to last a long time if you're a small business owner. Mm. However, I always hear great things about Aweber and certainly Infusionsoft, so Maybe at some stage I'll switch over, but you know what it's like when you've started learning one thing. Um, It's an uphill battle to learn another one as well. So at the moment, I'm sticking with MailChimp, but probably if we do use a new one, I'd go FusionSoft.
2: Yes, no. Infusionsoft obviously is to a certain degree a lot more than email marketing. It's it's, it's more yeah. about the the whole relationship and and, and marketing automation really, and um, that's to a certain degree where those tools are, are moving to. But there's pros and cons of each of each tool. I've used Aweber a lot. Um, there's there's another up and coming email platform called MailPut. Um, that, that I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. Um, it. It actually integrates with WordPress. I haven't tried it myself, but I've, I've read good things about it. They had a couple of challenges a couple of months ago, but um, I think the principles of what they do is very good. They integrate with WordPress, but, of course, they don't use um, your server to um, send the mail. You can actually use a third-party um, um server um so th- there's a couple of services that they can link with to actually get the mail the mail out with people and, they, and they've got about um 40 responsive templates within there as well so it's it's possibly worthwhile looking into as well
0: that sounds
2: useful what was it Mailport. MailPoet mail poet uh, as in um poet, oh, okay. yeah yeah
0: Oh, okay, I'll have to look out for that one. That's a good tip. Thank you. <laughs>
2: no problem. Um, so let's move on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
0: Well, I, I did the classic thing. Although I was I had a background in web design, I've been setting up professional, slick-looking websites for 10 years. When it came to blogging, um, I didn't set up a professional blog at all. I just chucked it together myself. No mm. graphic design, no proper logo. I did it in Blogspot. I didn't invest any money and I regret that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what happened was, after about six months when I was starting to get some traction on my blog, I realized that the way it looked now just wasn't going to cut it. So, I spent money on graphic design. I got a graphic designer to um, create proper branding and logo and i switched over to wordpress and that was when i kind of lost the you know 100 subscribers that i've managed to mass oh. in the first six months and had to start again from scratch so definitely you know i think uh, well, i said this before but you've got to if you believe in your idea invest in it um, and that keeps you honest once you've invested in your website, in you know, a in a decent design. It gives you confidence and it makes you stick with it um, because you spent money on it. Of course, you're going to carry on updating it and working on it and improving it. So I think that's a really good thing to do.
2: Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, just an, another little tip for myself, actually. Um, what yeah. I use is I use a service also called um, FeedPress. Um, uh-huh. FeedPress um, is kind of like um, FeedBurner, uh, but um, it's a bit better, uh, or at least um, they focus more time in it, in my opinion. Um, so um, what you can do with that service uh, is you can create your own subdomain as your feed address so if ever you do actually have to move platform you can keep the same feed URL and then hopefully not lose your RSS subscribers when you actually do migrate if that's necessary in the future.
0: Yeah well that's useful isn't it so that's a tip that you need to set up from day one really.
2: Oh absolutely absolutely I mean that's what I've done on digitalmarketingradio.com as well.
0: Fantastic.
2: But um, moving on to The This or That Round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. So ready to go? (laughs) Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations?
0: one-on-one relations
2: paid search or SEO SEO email contact form or telephone number both (laughs) (laughs) you're allowed one both (laughs) website or app
0: um website
2: social subscriber or email subscriber email and local marketing or global marketing
0: Local. <laughs>
2: it's, a, it's a challenge, but um, you made oh, it. Tom. I think
0: I answered the first question wrong.
2: Oh, there's no actually. such thing as the wrong answer.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you did say Google Plus over Facebook, actually. Um, are, you, are you tending to use Google Plus quite a bit more?
0: Yes. Well, I'm really interested in local marketing at the moment, and I think Google Plus is so important for that, setting up your Google My Business page, Um, Having it completed properly, having citations that link to it so that you get on the map when people do a local search. So, for example, um, I know you live in Greenwich, London. If you do a search for Greenwich lawyer, for example, you may pull up a map with three or seven lawyers listed on that. Yeah. being on Google Plus is really important to get listed on that map and improve your search engine ranking that way, because traditional search engine optimization is so hard these days.
2: Yes, no, absolutely, and it really helps with that local SEO. And and Google Plus, of course, you know, it isn't that traditional uh, uh, social network. It's it's um, more integrated into all the Google properties, and um, um, it assists you getting found, as you said, and um, it, it can help with things like um youtube as well um so it's it's a strange beast but um it can be very useful for certain types of businesses
0: absolutely especially if you can build up your circles and get people following following you on google plus and um, now, $10, getting thousand
2: dollar question sorry my f- finger slipped oh, a little bit okay. earlier
0: <laughs> oh, i was just gonna say getting those reviews on google plus is really good as well
2: uh, oh absolutely Re- reviews are paramount you know for local businesses again you know um, um I-, I suppose for for other brands as well you know but i mean certainly local businesses if you um do that local search as you suggested and um you compare different businesses out there and um some businesses have got zero or one reviews and another's got seven reviews and most of them are, are fairly decent um it's a no-brainer as to what business you're actually going to select
0: absolutely so powerful Actually, I'm going to go and follow you on Google Plus as soon as we finish with this.
2: <laughs> I, better oh, sorry,
0: but I need to check. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm focusing a little bit more on Twitter at the moment, but um, I, I do use Google Plus as well. And um, I think I'll be using that a little bit more when I do more videos in the future as well, because I think um, YouTube, again, is, is, is quite integral to that.
0: Yeah, that's great.
2: That $10,000 question. So, if I was to give you $10,000 and you, Australia or um, American, you choose, <laughs> and you had to spend over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, uh, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
0: Well, I'm going to spend it on something I've never really tried before. So I'm going to spend it on online advertising. I'm just exploring at the moment LinkedIn, Facebook ads, and I have used Google AdWords before. But I'll probably spend it on all of those and experiment with different landing pages um, and really track the results on that to see which adverts work, which landing pages work best, which free offers work best for example i've got a free report whether people prefer a free consultation um whether they want to watch a a webinar and just to really track the results on the the advertising spend i think
2: okay it's it's all about testing testing and, and keeping on improving those conversion rates isn't it because um um you may think that you're doing quite well but um there are so many great split testing tools now as well. Um, so it's so easy to, to, to hone your conversion rates and keep on um, improving things slightly day, day by day.
1: Yeah,
0: and I think if you've got a very niche audience and you know exactly who you're targeting, you don't actually have to spend too much money on that on those kind of adverts to, to see results from them, um, as long as you track them, obviously, because you don't want to spend thousands of dollars and find it hasn't helped you get a single client.
2: Mm, absolutely my number one takeaway well annabelle you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation but what's the number one takeaway what's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses
0: well one thing that we haven't talked about with the whole blogging thing is that i i always say to people look blogging is not for everyone you've got to be really passionate about what you do you've got to love um either writing like me doing audio podcasts like you creating videos and you've got to be prepared to stick with it for that kind of 6 to 12 month period mm. so you know it's it's not going to be for everyone and if it's not for you then you know try something else but if blogging does sound like it's going to be up your street i'd say go for it i think it's i still think it's a fantastic way to um grow your business build your reputation build trust and definitely get
2: more clients oh okay so um blogging is definitely the way to go for for a lot of people um but only if you can actually uh, understand that you're not, not going to get overnight success but you will get great value coming back to you if you stick at it
0: absolutely yeah
2: lovely okay well that takes us to the end of our discussion today thank you so much for your time your focus and your willingness to give back what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do
0: Gosh, maybe they should come and circle me on Google+. Um, <laughs> I'm Annabelle Candy on Google+. But they can also check out my web design or web agency, Mucho, which is www.mucho.com.au. And, of course, my travel blog, Get In The Hotspot, which is at um, getinthehotspot.com.
2: Lovely well, Thanks again, Annabelle.
0: Thank you so much, David. Great to speak with you. Digital Marketing
1: in radio Did you log in radio? Did you log
2: in radio that yeah.